There is a strong risk-off mood in the air. Perhaps there's also more COVID-19 in the air with infections rising and lockdown measures increasing, particularly in Europe. Hard to see an economic recovery when the virus is returning with such force. And that's why perhaps we've seen the jobs recovery slowing in the United States. We'll also look at yesterday's jobs numbers for Australia and what Philip Lowe did to send bond yields falling quite so much. It's Friday, the 16th of October, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a strong US dollar, stocks taking a bit of a hit, bond yields rising. That really does sound like risk off, doesn't it? The US dollar is up over 0.5%. That's seen the Aussie dollar down 1%. The pound also hit hard, losing 0.8%. The euro 0.4% down. Shares also hit hard, down 0.7% for the NASDAQ, 0.3% for the S&P 500. That's after paring back some of the losses from earlier in the session. Much bigger falls in Europe, though. The euro stocks 50 is down 2.5%. Much of that to do with a 25 percent fall in the DAX. The FTSE 100 down 1.7 percent, even with the falling pound. Uh, no movement to speak of in US Treasuries, but 10-year gilts in the UK down four basis points to below 0.2 percent. Bun yields down again, three more basis points to minus 0.61 percent. That's 13 points down in five days. And oil is down too, with a big increase in reserves in the United States. WTI is losing 0.9%. So let's look at uh, what's driving this risk-off sentiment with Gavin Friend, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. Uh, Maybe I can give you a list, Gavin. COVID-19 numbers are up. Jobless numbers rising in the United States. The New York Manufacturing Index is slumping. Oil reserves are, are up because consumption's falling. Stimulus not likely to happen. Have I missed anything there? Uh, good morning, Phil. No, I think you've. Uh, you, you, that's the list. Um, I would say, you know, clearly gone for the moment is that broader market optimism that was really dominating all of last week on this idea of an uncontested Biden election win. Um, We'll have to see whether that comes. But in its place is this increasing worry, as you say, that uh, particularly Europe, uh, including the UK, is on yeah. a collision course with the second uh, wave of the coronavirus. Um, and as you know, the new virus cases climb, and we're talking of record numbers or close to record numbers, one or the other across the UK, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, the Netherlands, forty-three thousand cases a couple of days ago. Uh, the Republic of Ireland, uh, Czech Republic, just before I came on air, France um, announced 30,000, 31,000 new cases in the last 24 hours. So governments and local authorities, if it's up to them, are putting in, you know, more and more restrictions and and, uh, constraints. And increasingly, as these restrictions become broader and more constraining, economic activity will suffer. And that's the worry. You uh, can't have a recovery if we're locking down again with new restrictions for London and Paris as well. And it's not just, I mean, uh, the United States is not immune. Of course, they're just starting the upward tick a bit later because they were slower coming down. I watched a bit of Good Morning America uh, this morning or yesterday morning in the United States. Dr. Fauci was there. he was talking out against the president doing all his rallies, of course, and also um, about the rising attitude, which seems to be happening a lot in Europe as well. This idea towards, you know, more people talking about herd immunity. Uh, and he's saying, which is just nonsense, because 30 percent of the population have an underlying condition and they could get seriously sick. You can't protect the vulnerable because there's too many of them. So that sounds like, you know, a medical argument for more of these lockdowns that we're seeing. So this this idea of how do we control the numbers and uh, and save the economy 
it seems like, well, you, you know, it, it's going to be a compromise, but I mean, the economy is going to get hit hard with, with this next wave. Mm, I think, you know, in contrast to what we saw back in March and April, where it was so new and the hospitalizations mm. and the deaths were much higher, all minds were focused on, you know, uh, health, safety. Um, now, there's as much debate and focus on the state of the economy. And yeah. in part, that is also related to the fact that we know more about this virus. The um, the, the medical supplies and the provisions uh, are much better. And that, that's leading to this idea that the economy has got to come first. And it's very, it's divided, it's polarizing people. I mean, we don't yeah. know how long these restrictions are going to last, um, you know, because we, I mean, we don't have a line of sight on how long the various restrictions, we, we, you know, will be. Yeah, well, we have no idea, do we, and how the virus is going to behave. But we do know what impact it is having on the economy. If we look at the weekly jobless numbers in the United States, claims there are rising for the week of uh, the 10th of October, uh, up from 845,000 initial claims, up to 898. Uh, and yet, you know, even though those numbers are going up, earlier this week, Larry Kudlow, the White House economic advisor, was saying that, you know, he's still expecting a V-shaped recovery, still saying uh, economic recovery is not dependent on a stimulus package. And yet, look, you know, Jobs, jobless going up. That's right. I mean, that was a miss by uh, sort of seventy-three thousand on the claims numbers. Um, I mean, partly offset by the fact that the the gig workers, the pandemic unemployment uh, uh, assistance program, there the um, the claims there fell to three seventy-three thousand from four sixty-three. So, um, but you know, with COVID cases still rising in what forty-six of U.S. states, the feed through to claims numbers is one potential development. You know, we could see what's happening in Europe move more across the US on the other side remember you know other other anecdotal evidence suggests that employment or jobs created is slowing so that it's 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 not at all impossible that the next non-farm payroll for October that we'll get at the start of November will see negative job creation um, but I think I think for the moment you know the markets are voting with their feet the the emphasis the damage is being seen more in Europe and that's why European bourses are down over two percent the bund yield fell to its lowest level uh, since the lows we saw in March um, in contrast you're not seeing quite as much of a move uh, in the US yeah. We'll see how that plays yeah, out. Yeah, well, we will, because, you know, it just takes more of those rising numbers and poor indicators, doesn't it? But, yeah, Germany, a real spike there, 6,500 new infections in a day. It's basically doubled in the in, in the last week. So what about the pound, then? Is it just that, or is Brexit a bit of this? We had David Frost said uh, he's surprised the EU is no longer committed to working intensively to reach a future partnership. Uh, I mean, is there a danger with Brexit? I know you keep on saying that, you know, it's 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 too big an issue to uh, for, for something not to come off. But given we've got these rising infection numbers, could it just be that it doesn't happen because there's too much going on? We come to the point of what is Boris Johnson going to do? Is he actually going to pull the pin and say, that's it? There's no point in negotiating anymore. So do you think there's anymore. a chance he will do that? I oh, mean, you've abso- just said, abso- you, ab- you've, absolutely. This is this is this is. But politi- you've said it, you've said it's you've said it's too important ah, to, to yes. let slip. But this is political theatre. I mean, there's an awful right. lot of brinkmanship right. going on here. Bluff so he'll, and he'll be saying that he'll go. Okay, I'm going to take my band ball and go home, and then next week we'll wake up. And uh, I, I think, to the negotiating table. I, you know, I think he, I think he, he and he and some of the hardliners are prepared to actually walk out without a deal. But I think it, it will also be a tactic. Yeah, how it plays out. 
it's, it's going to be it's going to be a choppy few days, isn't it? Well, it will. Well, it will. And, 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 I, and I think to that point, the pound will play a role here. I mean, foreign exchange is front and center of this. And if we and if we get headlines at the end of Friday that says the UK is walking away, sterling will go from one twenty nine where it is now to one twenty five, maybe a little bit lower. Markets won't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think they'll say. I think markets will also suspect something can be rescued here. We're not. We're not. You know, it's it's not over until the end of the year. So I think markets won't won't go too far on this. But it will certainly a pound falling. You know, a few percent will really focus minds. Uh, and the weekend press, everyone will stew over it, and then we'll come back. And I think we'll get from that. We will get the deal. I mean. <laughs> to your point, we have always said that there will be a deal, but it'll be late October, early November. Right. You know, and if we're right, then the pound rallies, and we go back above one thirty towards one forty. And if we if we're wrong, it doesn't mm. stop at one twenty five. It goes to one twenty. It may even go to one fifteen. Yeah. Um, right. but, but we won't so, know that for some time. And we won't. Right. Well, not too long though. Look, the uh, the Aussie dollar's been hit fairly hard. Not just the uh, rise in the US dollar doing that. We had uh, disappointed job numbers yesterday, and and a very dovish stance taken by Philip Lowe yesterday. More easing on the way. It seems like we've had 10-year bond yields dropped seven basis points as, uh, you know, drawing in after Philip Lowe's speech yesterday. Yeah, so so two stories on the jobs. Uh, you know, one is uh, job losses in Victoria, and then job gains elsewhere. So mm. overall job uh, overall job losses were almost thirty thousand on the month for September. Uh, but Queensland added thirty two thousand jobs. There were you know nine thousand jobs in South Australia, New South Wales three thousand, Western Australia three thousand. And the you know the countrywide unemployment rate rose a tenth, a small small beer really to six point nine. That was pretty much anticipated, seven percent. The participation rate was unchanged at sixty four point eight percent, still lower from where it was before COVID, of course. But again, there are big variations in that. You know, it fell to sixty three percent in Victoria, um, and yet it rose a percent uh, in Queensland. The, uh, the number of hours worked now it sits what five percent, five point one percent lower. Lower than pre-pandemic levels, but again, right. uh, right. you know, it, it, it's this is this is skewed by Victoria, where you know the uh, the, the the hours worked is down nearly fourteen percent. Outside of Victoria, it's down by two percent. You know, it's two yeah. stories going on there, and that's going to continue for a little while well, yet. Like anywhere else in the world, where there's lockdowns or there's limitations on jobs, obviously you see the economy start to suffer as a result of that. But let's uh, let's look at Philip Lowe because I mean, more easing is on the way. It seems he talked about uh, you know. 10-year bond yields being uh, higher in Australia than anywhere else in the West. So maybe the bank needs to start buying more of them. So we're going to have two things happening here. They're going to drop interest rates and they're going to start buying more bonds. That would seem to be the way of it. Certainly that uh, speech there was, you know, interpreted as queuing up uh, that kind of move. You know, well, that's, the, that's the kind of thing that we think is going to happen anyway. You know, mm. the, the, the RBA decided to keep things on hold in October. But uh, most people out there now are thinking we're going to get those kind kinds of moves uh, in, November? in November yes mm. all right well well and, and that is and the market reacted very swiftly to that which which is surprising because it wasn't a huge surprise no but I think the other thing that's playing into rates there and also the Aussie dollar is the uh, the ongoing story with China and uh, and coal mm. uh, that's an issue that's certainly weighing on the currency um, you know we've got to see how that plays out but uh, so two things coming together there and uh, you know it, the timing of that has hit the Aussie dollar you know quite hard over the last few well, days look we'll see more about how the US economy is going we get their retail 
retail sales, industrial production and consumer sentiment data tonight and uh, the latest New Zealand manufacturing PMI today as well. Let's not forget the New Zealand general election over the weekend as well, but I think it's a fairly safe bet that Jacinda Ardern is going to be uh, still living in the uh, the Premier House, as they call it, next week. Uh, I, I doubt she's called in the removal list to get a quote. Uh, less certain, of course, what happens on uh, November the 3rd. <laughs> That's going to be more fun to watch, isn't it? But we'll leave it all there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. See you soon. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And there we are, another week done on the morning call. Back again on Monday morning for another one. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Uh, when you get around to it, have a great weekend. See you next week. Listener.